Welcome to the True Creator Podcast. I'm Allison Holly, intuitive guide, channel, and sacred sexuality coach. I'm also the author of the book, The Era of the True Creator. Each week, and with each new episode, I'll be sharing what it means to be a true creator, exploring the full spectrum of our multidimensional selves through a variety of topics, from the very human to the highly cosmic. If you are awakening and expanding into your multidimensional self, this is your place. Hello, true creators, and welcome back to the podcast. I have my very special guest, Monique Gomez, on here today. And I've talked a lot about her in the previous episodes. I'm basically just like raving about you (laughs) all the time. (laughs) So Monique is an intimacy and embodiment coach. She is also a TEDx speaker. She just recently gave a TEDx talk called The Power of the Pause, which I saw it. It was amazing. (laughs) And everybody was like so nervous, but it was totally planned for. (laughs) It was really good. And she is also a sex educator. Um, So hi, Moni. Hi, Allison. (laughs) We're calling this the red chair interviews because I have this really great red chair in my office. My office that's actually just like this really tiny little room, but it works. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I have Monique sitting in the red chair, the hot spot. It's quite comfortable. Yeah, you're <laughs> luxurious. <laughs> this. <laughs> exactly, which I think, you know, sensual. It's your story. Mm-hmm. So I'd love for you to introduce yourself and maybe just tell a little bit about who you are and what you do. And then we'll get into the good stuff. Great. Um, So yes, my name is Monique. Um, I am an intimacy and embodiment coach, as Allison said. And yeah, I'm from Santa Fe, New Mexico. I was raised here. Um, Kind of a little bit of my backstory. I grew up uh, in a pretty strict Catholic, Hispanic family. And that really influenced a lot of my experience and sexual beliefs and um, kind of suppression of it all. (laughs) (laughs) We're all nodding our heads. Yeah, so, um, yeah, growing up here, uh, like I said, and and it was also a biracial family. So, um, you know, there was a lot of challenges in expressing myself Mm -hmm. and... It wasn't until college that I had the opportunity to do such things <laughs> and went a little crazy. And, <laughs> you know, the promiscuous and the alcohol and, um, yeah, really trying to find who I was um, while numbing. So it was really mm. not the best, mm-hmm. you know, way to go about it. Um, started a really heavy alcohol addiction. Um young, you know, I realize now I was, it was a lot about numbing the pain Mm -hmm. of not being able to express. Mm -hmm. And so I used this, um, pretty accessible, you know, drug to help, help me out. Um, and so fast forward to many things brought me back to Santa Fe. <laughs> we'll dive into your story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to hear all that good stuff. Yeah, so um, came back to Santa Fe. I 
uh, went to enrolled in massage school, which mm. was a huge transformative piece of my life. Um, it connected me to my body in a way I had never experienced um, and just put me on a whole different um, trajectory, really, of what I was doing and how I was going to be in this on this planet. And um, so, yeah, then a few other things have happened. And then I had a pretty big um, awakening at one point, And then that kind of catapulted me into this work and what I'm doing now. So yeah, many steps. Yeah, to get here. Yes, (laughs) yes, and we will dive into all of those steps. I've got a lot of questions for you. One thing I wanted to mention before we go fully into this is, you know, what I've really been talking about on the podcast with you is every time I mention your name, I'm like, she's like this yin embodiment. Like she knows about the yin energy. She totally has that. And I'm always impressed with how you carry that in your daily Mm -hmm. life. And um, to the point where, you know, I've mentioned this before, the yin energy is so misunderstood Mm. that a lot of times when you're bringing the yin energy, even I'm going, is she good? Does she know what she's doing? (laughs) And then you just come through with this knowledge and this, like, carrying the space. And it's so impressive. So I kind of wanted to mention that. Um, and you know, do you, what, what do you think brings out the yin energy? Yes. Well, how do you do that? (laughs) Well, it's interesting. I think for me, um, again, I had no concept of yin energy or what any of this was. And, um, I met a a teacher after massage school, a mentor of mine, and she, to me, embodied Mm. the feminine, the yin, um, in her presence because it was a slowness mm-hmm. and a groundedness. And I resonated with it so much because it was me. It was yeah. it was how I naturally and authentically uh, feel I express in this world. Mm-hmm. And so often it's a it's a slowing down. There's a constant I've kind of had this practice um, where I'm I'm in constant awareness of my body. I'm in constant awareness of movement. Um, it's a slower pace. If I'm feeling my breath get, you know, in a different rhythm or a faster pace, I'm immediately catching it and slowing it down, coming back. Mm-hmm. So it's, I always see it as just this awareness piece. And um, yeah, like a feeling my feet on the earth constantly, mm. you know, and being able to, to, to just be. Mm-hmm. rather than do. And while she's saying that, if you're listening and you're not driving, maybe you can feel your feet. Or even mm-hmm. if you are, just, you know, feel your feet on the pedals. You know, I, I it's interesting. That practice, I had uh, a teacher who said, when you're driving, put your attention in your hands and your feet yes. to really be present. Mm-hmm. So I love that. So that's a really that's a really great teaching. Will you fully embody it? And I think that's such a, a gift for me in my life. Um, I kind of want to dive deeper into your story, mm-hmm. and because I've heard parts of your story, I've heard a lot of your story. So Monique and I have <laughs> spent hours in the car together. <laughs> yes, recently, recently like twenty seven yes, hours. <laughs> we did. We drove to LA and within, you know, a day drove back and we had an event out there. It was really amazing. We'll be doing another one. Uh, 
likely in late March. But so we've spent some time together and I've heard your story, but I'd love for you to tell more, dive deeper into like your sexual awakening story. Yes. So my big kind of moment um, I is when I was, it was on my 26th birthday, actually. Mm. And um, up until that point, I was struggling with so many things. Um, you know, I was also uh, in the closet still from being bisexual. Mm-hmm. I was hiding uh, the fact that I had a girlfriend for four years or, you know, I was in this relationship when I was younger and I never told anyone about it. Um, uh, so my sexuality was really, again, suppressed and, um, and kind of because it was so suppressed, I also kind of outwardly was very sexual, especially with men. So it was very unbalanced. It wasn't true. Um, and so on my 26th birthday, I almost drank myself to death. Um, I came to a very near death experience and had this vision or this, um, I would just remember hearing this voice or, or feeling a voice of you have a choice. You can leave now or you can stay and do it different. And so, and I just remember saying like, I thinking I, I, I want to stay. I'm not ready. Like I have things to do. And, um, and it was a really powerful moment for me. Um, in the chaos of so many people worried and um, I was just kind of in this very, I just call it like a very spiritual energetic place and made a decision and um, knew I had to change my life. And since that day, you know, I didn't, I haven't drank. I've been sober. Mm-hmm. I've found ways to find support in my sobriety. Um, and during that time I had, I was in, um, a relationship with this man who was really a mentor and guide for me and teacher in my sexual awakening mm-hmm. and was a holder of space in a way that I just had never experienced before. And I think that container that he was providing helped me get through such a huge transition mm-hmm. and which then led into my kundalini awakening. Mm. So within just a few years, I, or not even, it was less than years. It was like maybe a year. I stopped drinking, had this huge awakening. And then my kundalini, um, came up and, um, Basically, my whole life fell apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I identify, and other people who have been through intense awakenings, you probably identify too. The whole, everything falls down. Yes. Everything shed. I mean, friends I had went away. Like, my relationships with family were completely changed. Mm-hmm. And I almost, it felt like I had to go into a hiding to um, support that awakening. So I was really at home. I mean, so many tears fell from my eyes, crying on floors, you know, just body shaking, just all of these experience and experiences as this energy moved through me. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, Kundalini is no joke. Yeah, it was it was big, and I feel like my whole physical presence shifted after that. Like I, the way I look changed mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. Same. <clears throat> yeah, it grew an inch actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I noticed it in my eyes, and mm. just yeah, the way I felt in my body was completely different. Mm. Um, I I don't know. I didn't measure myself, but I, maybe I grew an inch too. <laughs> So, <laughs> all y'all measure yourself. I know. Check and see. <laughs> Pre Kundalini, post Kundalini awakening, and see what happens. <laughs> I just remember going to doctor's appointments and they would measure me. And what what really showed me was when I got married. Mm. And I said, I'm 5'4. And he goes, I think you're taller than that. And I'm like, I've been 5'4 for years. And he said, well, let's measure you. And sure enough, I was an inch taller. And every time I went to the doctor, it was like 5'5", <laughs> five, five, you know? So yeah. it was very interesting. But anyway, yeah, everything changes. Everything changes. It just, which is beautiful. Yeah. You know, it really was a shedding and um, yeah. and a new a new awakening. So yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was a big, a big moment in my life so far. And I know with awakenings, it's so... I think a lot of people who have been through it are, depending on where they are in their story, they're probably wondering, like, when does this part end? So maybe you could tell, since you're, you're awakening, you know, you've, you went through your spirit or your sexual awakening and then your kundalini really activated. So where are you now? Like, what do you notice in terms of that process? Where are you? Mm, yeah, so... These are all the questions that I didn't tell you I was going to ask. <laughs> I know. Like, She's interesting. like, you, you're this all on me. Well, now I feel, honestly, now, in this moment, in this, in this year, in the last year, I felt the most grounded and in body that I've ever felt mm. and in an authentic expression of myself, including my sexuality, mm-hmm. without a hiding, without... Um, a holding back or pushing forward. Mm-hmm. It just feels super balanced. Yeah. It's taken me what it's going to be 8 years now since my We're awakening. Like right on that same track. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So you and there's... I have the same timeline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why we're coming together. I know. It's so perfect. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so um so that's where I am today, but getting here has been again the journey, right? Yeah. Of just so many ups and downs, yeah. um, moments of, you know, complete devastation and, and deep depression pieces that I've gone through, um, and then being able to come out of them through support, support mm-hmm. systems that I've cultivated, and and mm-hmm. only and my own practices and connection to spirit mm-hmm. and and those things. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Amazing. I love it. Well, thanks for going on to that (laughs) train with me. I'm like, "Mm, I have other questions. So um, I kind of already asked you this one, Mm -hmm. but what do you think your biggest transformative moment is within your sexual history? And you might have a few, but what are, you know, what's a moment where it's like, whoa, everything shifted? And then what specifically was it that shifted for you? Mm. The moment that just, you know, came to me now that it was really powerful um, was when I was sharing 
in a moment with a past lover, the man who had come into my life and um, around the time of my awakening. And we were engaged in a relationship for about three years. And there was a moment um, after my near-death experience, probably around year two at the end, when we had established a really safe space. And that was, I remember feeling that establishment of the safe space. Mm. I had never felt that before with Mm. another human, Mm -hmm. especially around um, insects, Mm -hmm. right? When sexual expression, um, engaging sexually with another. Um, There was this moment of complete safety and raw seeing of each Mm. other and holding this divinity of, masculine and feminine within each other space. Mm-hmm. Um, that was huge for me because it was felt, it was a felt experience. And so I remember feeling, first of all, safety, mm-hmm. you know, um, completely naked in f- with another human mm. and feeling completely okay. Mm. Um, and I remember feeling connected in the energetic and the spirit um, capacity as well as the physical um, and knowing this was different. This was a different kind of interaction. This is the kind of sex that I want to experience from here on out. Mm -hmm. It was completely pure. um, Both of us showing up without the walls, without the hesitation Mm. um, and owning ourselves as well, owning our, um, not depending on the other person, yes. you know, but mm-hmm. we were so, I was, I felt so in my body, so in my heart and I could sense that from him. Mm-hmm. And from that moment, it's like, you can't go back from that space, mm-hmm. right? It's like, see it you can't unfeel it. it. And, um, and that was the most precious and that was the biggest shift of what sex could be. Yeah. Sex became prayer in that moment mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Sex became a church, a spiritual experience yeah. that I had never, ever mm-hmm. considered. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And we had spent a lot of time together talking about um, the old beliefs of the old stories and what Catholicism for me did, you know, religion and, and kind of unwound a lot of that before I could get to this space, you know, of complete seeing and safety and, Mm -hmm. um, spiritually connected with another. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love the depth that you just described that too, because, Mm -hmm. um, I hope that people listening are able to identify or kind of set an internal goal. Like Mm -hmm. I want to feel that too. I didn't know that was possible or, I felt that once or, Mm -hmm. you know, is that where I am now? Like that, that depth is possible. Yes. So I love that. Yes. And that was what I think made it so distinct was Mm -hmm. I had never reached that depth before. Mm -hmm. And then, and then I did. And then I was like, oh, there's more. Yeah. It's deeper. There's way more. There's infinite in all directions. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, oh my gosh, I just found something that now I can't unfind and unfeel and, and there's more to this. 
you know, so it changed my entire view of what sex is. And I want to ask you because, um, because we share so much of our history, which is really weird, even the timeline. I, I want to ask you about the religious part mm. because I know for me, and I, I feel like maybe I should take better notes of what I talk about on this show, but I feel like I've talked about this many times, how spirituality and sexuality was very separate yes, and distinct, mm-hmm. you know, and just a little bit to, to share about my story because I think it relates, uh, with me growing up Mormon and, you know, within the Mormon faith, there is like a hierarchy of sin mm-hmm. and number one is murder. Number two is sex outside of marriage. And so there's like this, you know, holiness, but it's a very, you have to do it in a very certain way. There's really only a right way to, to experience it and everything like that. And the fact that we're not, you and I are both not straight. Exactly. Exactly. So there's this whole other piece going on about, like, I had a real hard time connecting those two Um, because my life didn't end up going the same direction as what I was shown was okay sexually. But then for me to have those amazing transformative spiritual sexual experiences, it was almost hard for me to accept Mm -hmm. even when I had them because, you know, I had so much guilt around it. So I just kind of want you to touch on like how you've moved through that with your, with your religious upbringing and, you know, um, non non hetero <laughs> sort of sexuality and all of that like anything you want to talk about there. Yeah, yeah, so that was really big for me actually. Um I mean growing up, I think we've talked about this. Like I remember feeling attracted to boys and girls. Like and I didn't realize it was just thinking it's so normal. Yeah, just thinking everyone does. <laughs> like I had no idea. But like you know, but like, oh, you'll you'll be with a boy, but like, oh, you want to kiss your girlfriend? <laughs> yeah, so that was our discussion, and that was like a big aha moment for me and my story was talking to a friend. I still remember I was in my early twenties, and she was like, "I have no desire to have sex with a woman," and I thought, "Really?" <laughs> like, I couldn't. I I was like, "Really?" Like that's so that must mean yes, exactly. That I'm not straight. <laughs> And it sounds funny, but it was such a huge aha moment because I did, like you, it was like, oh, well, everybody wants to kind of, you know, hook up with their girlfriends, Mm -hmm. but you're going to end up with a guy because that's, yeah, that's what you do. So yeah, these kind of like, (laughs) these, uh, unspoken truths that are not necessarily true for everybody. So exactly. Yeah. So grow and then growing up in the Catholic church and, um, Hispanic family too, um, you know, sexuality just, you don't talk about sex. Mm. It's very much under the table. Like you just, you just don't do it. go there. You do it. And it's so interesting because it's also part, part of this culture um, that I grew up in is it, there is so much overtly sexual pieces or messages that right. you get growing up, especially as a, as a woman, um, a little girl, you know, and it's like, Oh, you have to be pretty to find a man, but don't don't have sex yeah. because that's a sin. And like it's very it's convoluted. so convoluted, and it was very confusing growing up. Um, and what made it, I think, a little bit harder was 
I have such a spiritual peace to me and I wanted to connect so deeply to God, so mm. deeply to spirit. And I wanted to be good. I remember being little and praying, like crying. I was like eight years old and just mm. in bed praying. Like, I am so sorry I have these thoughts or I'm doing oh. these things. And, you know, terrified I was going to go to hell, mm. that the devil was going to come and basically take my soul that night because they knew what I was doing. There was so much fear mm -hmm. around any kind of pleasure, mm. right? Especially sexual pleasure. Um, so that was really a big part of growing up Catholic. You know, Catholic, you could say, you, you know, it's pretty quiet <laughs> like <laughs> ceremony in, in the church. It's like yeah. mass is tight. It's like you're, you don't say anything. Um, so... All of that was just really repressed for me. And it's taken, I had to step out of the Catholic Church. It's taken me, um, I just started reading books around different kinds of spirituality. Mm. And that helped open my eyes. Books were the first things that I had access to that gave me another perspective before I started meeting people and teachers. Mm -hmm. um, and then I found, um, and then going to massage school and just getting exposed to different ways mm -hmm. of thinking was mm -hmm. super helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And then finding my own spiritual connection through different ways. And I was in a shamanic, you know, counseling program for like six years and, um, you know, dabbled in lots of different other, um, mm -hmm. spiritual, what are they? Philosophies, I guess, that have helped guided me and, um, helped unwind the the shame, the guilt, and the fear that I think for me that I took on in the Catholic Church, that was huge. Mm. Yeah, I had to unwind that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Amazing. And, you know, such a transformation because now your purpose is all about pleasure. Like, that's another <laughs> thing we share. It's like, no, pleasure is a spiritual practice. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, which leads me to the next question, which is what do you feel most passionate about right now? Like, what is lighting your fire in terms mm. of what you teach, mm -hmm. you know, all the coaching that you do? What is it that's lighting you up? I think generally the thing that I'm just so called and that I got so clear that I'm getting called to do is just empowering people mm. to connect and to awaken their body. Their People forget they have bodies. Yeah. <laughs> they walk around like just in their heads, right? Like from the neck down, it does not exist. And I think being a body worker for the last 11 years, yeah. I have touched thousands of people by this point and they're you like know? oh I'm so sore yes and they're like oh I didn't I didn't I forget like my feet exist or like wow that point on my body you know and so I have just this passion to empower like let people know that you it is in your body where you find your power right mm -hmm. and that and that's where you find your sexual power your sensual power um your erotic nature so you can feel so much pleasure without feeling like shame, guilt, and having old patterns and beliefs hold you down and hold you back. Um, and connecting to your body gives you the opportunity to be authentic. It's where your intuition lives. It's how you can connect to your deepest truth. Mm. So that's kind of my 
general big passion <laughs> statement right now. It's like yes. I just want to wake everybody up and, and remind them, like, let's get into the gr- the body space. Mm. Our culture is too heavy in the in the top three chakras, like the head. So yeah. we got to get down to our roots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> and what sort of transformation do you see? Like when you work with people, what, what transformation lights you up when you see it about other people? Yeah. <laughs> Cause we've been teaching a few things. I know you're moving into like, um, individual and couples coaching mm-hmm. and you've been doing that for a minute. Um, you know, and, your TEDx talk was really amazing and Thank you. Yes. felt like it really moved a lot of people too, because it was, it was so different. I want you to talk about that too. I'll ask you in a minute. But. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the thing I love the most is when I see people, it's like the way I describe it is like they shed a layer, like there's something that clicks within them in this, um, for example, I had a client and we were talking about being growing up in the Latino community and this idea of like the Catholic, you know, the sinning and what a woman is in that community. And I remember having this similar conversation like, you know, we can let those that shame and guilt go and we can use sex and it's actually a prayer like we can use it and we can be so spiritually connected. Mm-hmm. And this it felt like just this layer fell off of her like this like she took a breath and it was like in a her eyes lit up and Mm. she woke up to this concept of like oh my gosh and it was a in that little bit of movement she can make a a different choice of how she was going to relate with her sexuality Mm. because she had an option there was now a new way she could without feeling bad or guilty and and Mm. things like that so that's really powerful. And I love seeing those aha moments or when I talk to people about, you know, after leading a meditation and they're so in their body Mm -hmm. and they're so like, Oh, I didn't realize I was so tight in my pelvis or how much I was holding in my shoulder, you know? And I love those moments Mm. because it's like, Oh, there, there it is. You're connecting, you know? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay, <laughs> share a little bit about your TEDx talk. I know they're releasing it soon, right? Yes, I think at the end of this month, or okay. the end of February, excuse me. So, yes, yeah, so I had an opportunity to speak at the TEDx event in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and it was their women's event. So that was on December 6th, and I spoke about the power of the pause. So... <laughs> Talk. I almost don't want to ruin it for everybody, but it was so funny. I just want to interject because she started this talk and everybody was so nervous. So just just tell what you did because it was so funny. And everybody's like, don't worry, you're doing okay. You're like, this is intentional. Yes. So I wanted to really let people feel what a pause is like. Yeah. Especially around a time that it's not maybe socially acceptable to be pausing, totally. right? Because when you're on stage. When you're on stage, yeah, there were. in front of hundreds of people. Right. You just don't take a moment to, like, ground. <laughs> so I wanted to show that. And so that's what I did. I walked out and <laughs> looked in the audience, said, oh, my God, I'm so nervous, but I'm so excited. And then I took a breath, I closed my eyes, and I stood there. And I grounded myself and I took myself through my own little 
like meditation on stage in front of hundreds of people. With your eyes closed, just standing there. With my eyes closed, just standing there. And people got real uncomfortable. You could feel the energy in the room shifting. Like, what is, what's going on? Did she forget what's happened? Like, what she's going right. to say? And <laughs> but, so then I continue to explain what I did. And purposefully, like, doing this yeah. pause. Um, and so people can notice what they feel totally. when somebody else is taking a moment. Yeah. And I remember, so I knew, and, and they even introduced Monique Gomez here to talk about the power of the pause. And so I was surprised that nobody got it or mm-hmm. that some people didn't get it, including the the woman who was doing the MC. Yeah. For the event. <laughs> she was like, I was backstage panicking, wondering if I needed to help. So it is really powerful. And it was funny to me to watch other people respond in a little bit of a panic because it is kind of that moment of okay, nobody's talking. I need to say something. I need to fill this space. The other thing that I really like about that is, you know, so in preparing for this podcast even, and I noticed when we teach workshops, this is definitely how you operate. You are all about embodiment. And to the point where like words are a little bit difficult sometimes. And so I think that this talk was so perfect for you because you showed what your strength is, you know, Mm -hmm. like you gave a great talk, but also you showed people like, Hey, I'm in a body. I'm going to honor that. I'm going to be here. I'm going to do my own process. And then like come through with some power, Mm -hmm. you know, cause you are embodied. Like you are the person who is teaching embodiment. And so I thought it was really great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Yeah. It was really, I was terrified. (laughs) I mean, the whole thing was like it it was such a beautiful and wonderful experience um and I feel like I did my the best that I could and I got a point across that I wanted to um which is this idea of slow down honor yourself enough to come into your body to take this moment to pause what you are doing Mm -hmm. to check in with yourself before you connect with another person before you say the next thing that you think you want to say or that's mm-hmm. reactive. You can even pause, you know, when you're having sex to connect deeper mm-hmm. and f- check in with your body to see what's going on yeah. and what you really want because it keeps us true. It keeps us authentic mm-hmm. and we keep showing up. Um, and then life, you know, your whole perspective of life shifts, I mm-hmm. think, when you can show up authentically. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So with all of that, thank you for being here. You're amazing. I love having you share your story. So to announce, we want to make it public that Monique and I are going to be doing a series of workshops and then also a retreat in May. Yes. So you want to share a little bit about that? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Do we need to take a powerful pause? Absolutely. Uh, (laughs) Yes, so we're going to be doing our retreat, which we're calling Erotic Emergence. Yeah. And it's going to be two and a half days in the desert of Joshua Tree, California. Mm -hmm. It's going to be May 22nd, which is Friday. Mm -hmm. So it'll be Friday evening, all day Saturday, and most of the day Sunday. Mm And it's going to be a limited space, very intimate space. Mm-hmm. I think we're only eight, like eight. eight mm-hmm. people. Um, and we're going to have a really just deep 
dive mm-hmm. into um, our sexual nature, um, awakening our sexual energy, our sensuality. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, we're going to provide all the food so you don't really have to leave. So you can go through this process yeah. really grounded and, and in a you know, safe container. And that is, it's really incredible, all the events that I've been to and everything that I've held. Man, you go deep when you dive into one subject for mm-hmm. just, you know, two and a half days. It's, it's really, I mean, you know, you can go into a crazy trance from it. It's, it's pretty intense. So we all, uh, we're also offering the potential of staying for another day and just hiking through Joshua Tree and, you know, having that decomp. Um, and we're also providing like aftercare. So we're yes. going to be meeting with you all. Not just at this retreat, but we're going to have workshops afterwards online that are included in the retreat because we really, we really want to pay attention to that aftercare because we're very aware that a lot can open. Mm-hmm. Honestly, just by being around it. Yes. If some of these practices, because we're going to go, we're going to go deep into it. We've got, you know, the space and the, um, you know, attention to give to the small group that we're going to be working with. Maybe one of them's you. And we want to really make sure that you're able to go super deep. And then if you do, that you have the, you know, the care of us, Mm -hmm. um, after that process, because it can be pretty transformative. Um, you know, I know my goal with this and I will mention, I know I have a lot of men that I work with or that come to me for different, um, sessions and things like that. Same with Monique. Mm -hmm. So I am so sorry to exclude you from this one. We will be doing more with all genders. Um, but this particular retreat is for women and, uh, those who identify as women and those who have, um, yonis. So if you fall into that camp, you are welcome to this particular retreat. We just wanted to kind of hem in the, the, the boundaries for this one. So people can go really deep with very specific practices. They're geared toward women and, and women identified, um, so with all of that being said, if you want to sign up, oh, I didn't say my personal goal. I always get in these tangents. <laughs> so my personal goal with this one is to really create space for sexual empowerment and even a sexual awakening. Yes. So if some of the stuff that we've talked about today that Monique has shared or that I've shared, um, is resonating with you and you feel like you want that. We're going to be going into it. <laughs> yes, we are. It's going to be really amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely sign up soon. We have an early bird special. Uh, you can register. Um, the deposit is just 99 until, what is it, March 15th? Yes, that is the early bird. Mm-hmm. Okay, so March 15th is when our early bird special ends, and you can register for just 99 down, and you also save 200 off the full tuition price. Um, so we've got all of that information on both of our websites. Monique, how can people get a hold of you? Yes, so I have my website is moniquegomez.com. Pretty straightforward. <laughs> I'll put all of this in the yeah. notes too. Um, so, uh, and I do a weekly blog um, around sexuality and all of what we're talking about empowerment, embodiment, intimacy. 
And uh, Instagram, you can find me, which is my handles at underscore Monique Gomez underscore. Because um, there's yeah. so many Monique Gomez. <laughs> so many Monique Gomez. Um, and then Facebook, same thing, Monique Gomez. Um, so basically just my name. Yeah. <laughs> just Google that. She's like, let's keep this simple. Yeah, and um, so those are the best ways. And all my info is on my website. That's the best way to get a hold of me. You can find email. Um, Yeah, that's that's the best. Um, I'm I'm on there often. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll make sure that all of these are in the notes, the show notes for this episode. Also, if you're interested specifically in that retreat, um, the best way to register is... You can go to eroticemergence.com and sign up there. Or you can just send either of us a message. We're totally ha- happy to help you figure that out. Um, and yeah, we've got workshops together coming up. Yes. So if you want a taste tester of what we're going to be offering at this retreat, we've got workshops coming up in Denver and L.A., uh, Taos, which Taos, is New Mexico, really which is soon. the end of February. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then um, another one we'll be doing, a second That's one nice. locally here in Santa Fe, a few online for those of you who can't make it. Yes. So we're going to be all over the place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everywhere. And we want you to join us. Um, and yeah, if you have specific questions that you want us to dive into, we're all about it. I think with Please. our forces combined, yes. <laughs> we're going to a lot of good places. So, all right. Love you guys. Love you, Monique. Thanks for being here. Thank you so this, much, Allison. Thank the you. The red chair interview. I, know. I love it's it. A thing. Okay. <laughs> Bye, loves.